we're more focused on them having fun with the game and, and enjoying the game because it is a game and it's something you should go out there uh, to do to enjoy yourself. And I we, we felt like some of these companies out there are taking it a little too serious. All right, welcome to episode 22 of Golf Needs You, a podcast where golf industry creators, entrepreneurs, and professionals can walk us through their personal stories and their professional journeys and tell us a little bit about how they got to where they are today. My guest today is two guests. I've got Rob Lang, who's the president and founder of Indie Golf, and David Bereno, who heads up marketing for the company. Rob and Dave walk us through the origins of Indie, how they got to where they are, where they're going, and some of the strategies that they employ to sell and market their golf clubs. As always, thank you so much for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Minimal Golf. That's mnmlgolf.com, makers of my favorite golf bag on the market, one that I proudly own myself. You can check them out online, but also please check out Indie Golf as well as SoCal Design Companies, the parent company, and even Scratch Stick, which is another one of uh, their products coming to market. So thank you so much, as always, for listening. My name is Will Mayo. I'm the Director of Golf Sales and Business Development for Rams Hill Golf Club, and this is Episode 22 of Golf Needs You. All right, I'm here with Rob Lang and David Branio from Indie Golf. Thanks for joining, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Rick. Thank you. I uh, I have no idea how this is going to go, as I'm not an experienced podcast host, so I'm sure we'll be stepping all over each other. But we've got we've got three people talking in one recording room, and I'm proud that I've at least got us this far. <laughs> um, so for anybody who asks you, I guess we'll start with you, Rob. For someone who asks you, you're in an elevator with somebody. They ask you what you do for a living. Well, what do you tell them? Oh boy, <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, well, as far as indie goes, um, uh, currently I, I kind of do uh, a lot. Wear a lot of different hats for indie, seeing as we're such a small company. But my primary responsibility is, um, you know, product design and development, um, and then also just uh, being able to communicate. Um, you know, the design features and benefits of our products to customers and also to uh, distributors. Um, yeah, so I do a lot of testing and I do a lot of, um, you know, I guess uh, back of the napkin, uh, you know, idea sketching <laughs> and things like that. That's one of my favorite endeavors. I'm a big back of the napkin guy with my ideas, but <laughs> they don't often get past the napkin sometimes. But um, what about you, Dave? Somebody asked you. Uh, I, I would definitely start off with I'm a, I'm a father first and, you know, I, I, I like to, I like to be an influence to my kids and, and, uh, as a new, new father, I, I mean, that's, that's where I typically, uh, talk in an elevator and then I start off with, uh, and then I, I finish with, you know, what I do. And, uh, I've, I to handle everything that touches marketing and beyond within, uh, within Indy. And I've, uh, I've, the way, the way that, uh, I got to marketing was, was through, was through the game of golf. And, um, it's, it's been, it's been a fun journey and we'll get into how Rob and I connected and how we, we got into, uh, into our relationship. <laughs> well, let's just, let's just do that right now. There's no roadmap for this sucker. How, how did you guys get connected with each other? I, I guess I'll, I'll jump in first on this one. Well, I had an idea for a product that I worked on. It's been, I think, for the last six years. And Rob and I were connected through some mutual connections. And I went and presented this product to Rob. 
and and uh, David Morlock, one of his partners, and they latched onto it and they really liked it. And it's called the Scratch Stick, and I helped them out with some marketing tasks, as you will, and ended up, you know, doing a good job for what they wanted, and they decided to bring in uh, my expertise on a permanent basis, and that's how we ended up becoming partners and I now help with the marketing side of things and scratch stick is well on its way. It's now hit the market and we are ex excited about this product because it's something that will help every golfer improve their game. Well, and you know, Dave, you and I know each other a bit, but it, but it even took me a little bit to wrap my head around kind of just the, the layers of what both of you guys all do. So is, is SoCal design company, is that related to what you're doing with any of Is that like the parent company for lack of better term? And that, that, all of your kind of yes yeah that's exactly okay. it so yeah um we do a number of different things under the southern California uh, umbrella you know we we have um kind of like uh, we have clients that we do a lot of work for and we do a lot of different things from designing uh consumer products uh medical devices things like that and then we have kind of the other side of the business which indie falls under which is a brand that we own and we're working on you know scratch stick is another brand um, and then we have some other things that we're working on. So um, it allows us uh, the freedom to kind of, uh, you know, go out there and, and really investigate things for other people. We have, a, we have a, a, a vendor line or a sourcing line that we can use manufacturers and things like that, that we've accrued, you know, I've accrued over the last 20 to 25 years of my career. And so it just... Uh, you know, it, it goes back, I mean, it's a perfect example. You know, David came to us, um, you know, how we met and uh, and we sat down and went, well, you know, you can, we can help you and you can really help us. And, and you know, being small companies, you know, you, you need to find that uh, that company, you know, those, those people and entities you can work with. And so, um, you know, using the scratch stick as a perfect example, we looked at the product and said, oh, we can make some, we can we can get this manufactured we can make some adjustments to it and it's going to be a great product and um you know we're not great at marketing and so david you know his history speaks for himself where the marketing is very good and he's he's really helped us grow uh since joining us so um it's just kind of a lot of synergies there and and you know um i mean i've kind of gone on a tangent here from the original question but that's an example of how we kind of work where We'll sit down with customers and and see what they have and if we can help them and if we can then we want to do that um but like i said at the same time we also have some internal products we work on that we feel strongly about i mean we're all golfers within the company so that's why we kind of ended up in doing some golf stuff that's super interesting and then rob with indy in particular can you talk about like the origin of, of that and how it came to be yeah. So, I mean, again, it was one of those things um, we always talk about the design side of the business being a bit of a hamster wheel. So, you know, you get a design project and, you know, you're you're doing fine until you complete the project and you have to go out and find another project to make more revenue. Right. So uh, so we sat back and said, well, what's something that we can introduce that we know will be, um, you know, different and disruptive um, to a market that we're familiar with and we're very familiar with the golf market. So, you know, I had years and years of uh, working for one of the major golf companies out there and, and our other business partners have too. So 
um, we looked at it and said, you know, nobody's really doing wedges really haven't changed over the last since they were introduced by Gene Sayers. And I mean, really, the, the concept of them and the design of them really hasn't morphed that much. So uh, we took a look at it and said, let's make it, uh, you know, something that's much friendlier to use. And, and the one thing that uh, people typically can't do unless they're a professional player or a very good player is spin the golf ball. So those were our two kind of design attributes and we ran with those and, and um, you know, and then the one thing we set up, settled on the, uh, the indie name, which basically came from, you know, us wanting to improve each individual's enjoyment of the game. We're, we're more focused on them having fun with the game and, and enjoying the game because it is a game and it's something you should go out there uh, to do to enjoy yourself. And I, we, we felt like some of these companies out there are taking it a little too serious. So kind of where that's kind of where the indie was uh, was born from well and and i mean you weren't a club builder prior to that right i mean i didn't do the most extensive research here but it looks like you were at callaway and true temper but were did that play into like even knowing how to start with building golf clubs yeah i was a club designer at callaway um you know that's kind of i i started there by um cutting my teeth in the research and development department and uh basically um came up with uh, a lot of test procedures and protocols. And then I, I morphed from that into actually designing and doing, um, you know, irons and putters and wedges and drivers and all, all those fun things. Um, you know, I'm not a, a CAD designer, so to speak, but, um, you know, I've got an eye for the product. I know what it needs to do to perform. I know what some of the performance metrics are. So, you know, um, and I, and I had this idea for this wedge in my head for a long time. So, um, you know, it was fun to finally say, okay, let's do this and, and bring it out there. And then when we got the first prototypes, we, we kind of had like this, oh, wow, this really does work. We might actually have something here. So, yeah. So, yeah, I've been, I've been actually okay. been, you know, doing that for a long time. And I still do. You can ask uh, David. I'm, I'm kind of the jack of all trades when it comes to indie, um, you know, if we get any custom builds, I'm typically the one that's putting those together. Oh, wow. So you're absolutely uniquely positioned to that. That's really cool. Um, and David, you just kind of, looks like you've kind of been a serial entrepreneur for a long time. Yeah, I've been at this since 2004, as far as building businesses. My, I first started out in the snowboard world manufacturing snowboards. So I cut my teeth in manufacturing early on. And as we all know, 2007, 2008, things kind of went south and uh, I pretty much lost my shirt and then some, <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, this it's, it gives you perspective of now where I'm at today and how I've grown from, from just completely losing everything to, to building it back up again. Um, it gives you a deep appreciation and it gives me a deep appreciation for, for Indy and, and what we're doing here and how, what goes into actually making a product and bringing it to market. Well, yeah, well, what are some of those things that, that go into that, Dave? Well, yeah, I, I can take it back to scratch stick and what I was doing and trying to get that to market on my own before meeting Rob and the team. And it, it was, it was just a lot of hitting roadblocks and hitting, you know, we can't do this. We can't manufacture this, the, the material, you're gonna have to do a mold. There's just all this checklist that come with trying to bring something to market. Plus the cost. I mean, you know, I bootstrapping the, the scratch stick originally was 
you know, you're just you're just throwing money out just to to get prototypes and and just a mock-up. I mean, working with the engineer that I first started with, that took months of us going back and forth. Like, what if we do this? And then he went to Home Depot and put it together and then sent me this prototype that, you know, wasn't the greatest. I still have it in the garage. Um, I'll have to share that with you at some point. <laughs> But it's it's kind of the ups and downs, and it's building. It's it's like building a business. Uh, you know, you 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 have wins, and then you have losses. And um, I think at the end of the day, when I came in contact with with Rob and team and and Indy, is that they made this product come to market a lot sooner. So if I had to say, if if I was still doing this, I'd probably be at step, you know. 22b as opposed to we're getting it to market and having it actually for sale online today they cut the timeline and i would say by at least two years and that that was and i i knew it from the start you know just talking with travis internally he's you know one of the partners and brilliant mind and he was like, what, well, what if we do this? What if we, you know, how, to, how are we going to reduce the cost of this product? How are we going to make it, you know, so it's manufacturable? And just hearing his thoughts and his engineer brain work, I was like, yes, this is this is the right move. Um, and that's that's why we partnered up. And that's why we're together. today. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and just to add to that, you know, that's that's one of the things that, you know, um, makes us unique as a design company is that there's a lot of great entrepreneurial ideas out there, um, you know, but um, you need to understand how they can be manufactured. And a lot of companies don't do that. There's a lot of great design companies out there. They can design stuff, but it may not be manufacturable or it may not be cost effective when you manufacture it. So, oh, sorry guys. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> 2020 welcome to 2020 <laughs> that's awesome the dog came running in here <laughs> my dogs have an ongoing um just issue with the mail lady they don't see eye to eye so about every day around four o'clock i'm inevitably on a call and they inevitably light it up <laughs> that's, yeah that typically doesn't happen but uh anyway so like i was saying you know that the key is um understanding that that, uh, you know, how you make something that's a really cool design and effective and something that can sell and you can market, but also how to make it at a, at a price that, you, you know, people are willing to pay for it and can afford. So um, th those are the big hurdles. When you first get started, that's what you really need to figure out is going, okay, I've got this great design here. Can I make it? And can I make it uh, at a price point that, you know, sell at? And so looked at, uh, you know, David's design, it's something where, you know, we have, we have, uh, you know, Travis, he mentioned is a materials expert. And so, you know, he's looking at this and going, oh, we can use all sorts of different materials. And we know these different processes. And, uh, you know, and we have the manufacturers in place that can do that. And you don't, you know, typically, you don't have that with a design company, it just, uh, they do the design and typically throw it over the fence and say, okay, take this to your manufacturer and have them figure it out. And so being able to really evaluate and look at the product beforehand and say, okay, well, if we design it this way, we know it can be manufactured and we know it can be manufactured at a good price and it'll still be great quality and it'll hold the design um, requirements. 
and then you go from there. And I think that's why, you know, when David brought his idea to us, it was, we were like, yeah, this is, we can, we can escalate this pretty quickly. So how do you even go about knowing that you have those manufacturers? Is that just from years of experience or how can yeah, you, you yeah, get another uh, You know, I've got 20 plus years of uh, dealing with different manufacturers. Uh, Travis is about the same, um, you know, and so you kind of weed those out over time. You know who the, who the good ones are, who the bad ones are. And, uh, you know, and so that's an advantage that, you know, we have if someone steps in the room with us and says, hey, I need. I want to get this manufactured. What do you think of, you know, this facility or do you have a facility that can do that? So, Huh. But that makes sense. I, I again, all of my good ideas that go to die. It's like, yeah, I, that would be great. I have no idea how that ever gets created. So that seems like the X factor for you guys. Um, what did Dave, what did you do at work yesterday? That's my favorite po- new podcast question. What did you do at work yesterday? What did I do at yeah. work yesterday? Man, uh, Lots of online time, just uh, doing doing uh, some design reviews and creatives. Uh, had some kid interruptions <laughs> here and there, but um, yeah, I just had a lot of screen time. It, it's been a lot of screen time in the last uh, couple of weeks, just because of the holiday season, and uh, we're we're getting you know at, at the end of the year trying to get uh, uh, get our product out and the, the remaining product inventory to bring in the new inventory. So we're working on a working on a great new design that's that's uh, almost ready, and I think Rob can speak to that. And it, we're we're excited about the new wedges coming out. Oh, what about you yesterday, Rob? What's a day in the life look like? Well, for you? yesterday, <laughs> boy, it's been uh, lately. Last uh, probably two or three months, it's been. Uh, I always I use the expression it's like drinking from a fire hose. So um, <laughs> been, I've been really busy. But uh, yesterday was an interesting day. So I was spent. Uh, you know, typically the first thing I do in the morning is I, you know, I go through all of our um, finances as far as, uh, you know, billing and things like that and banking type stuff. And then uh, after that, I went out and actually got to test some products. So I got to hit a few golf balls for oh, uh, cool. for about an hour or two. And then, um, you know, then I was back uh, working on, uh, you know, giving that, you know, using that uh, information we got from the testing to, uh, you know, figure out if we need to make any adjustments and then uh, communicating all that stuff to the factory and uh, also to, um, um, you know, the other partners and people involved in, in, in the product. Um, and then, you know, just following up on a lot of our design type uh, customers too. So um, mine was a pretty good mix of being in, in the office in front of the computer and being out a little bit too. So it wasn't, wasn't too monotonous. Well, my ears perked up a little bit at, at testing. It, what's the most enjoyable or rewarding part of the whole gig for you, Rob? Well, it's when that product gets out there and people go, oh, this is really good. You know, that makes you feel like, okay, I actually created something here that that people enjoy. So hmm. for me that, uh, you know, going through the process, I enjoy the testing. Um, it's something I've done my whole career since starting over at Callaway. Um you know, I think I have a good feel for um, what different, uh, I guess, market segments need. And I'm able to uh, analyze the clubs and, and to give the appropriate feedback for that, um, which is not, uh, that's not common. You can get a lot of people who are very good golfers that can hit, 
great golf shots, but they can't really tell you what they're feeling or why. <laughs> so, huh. so yeah, I wouldn't put myself so, in the good golfer um, category, but I definitely feel that same <laughs> way. Like I, I came into this saying like, I'm just so uninformed about a lot of this, but it's, so it's interesting to hear. Yeah. So, yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I like rolling up my sleeves and, uh, you know, building clubs and, and things like that when it comes to prototypes. So, uh, there's a lot of different things, but the most rewarding, you know, I think for anybody is once you get a product out there and you start getting the feedback that it's uh, it's positive feedback. Yeah, that resonate for you too, I imagine, David. Yeah, it it's uh, amazing to me how many people come back and talk about our wedges and they go, these wedges are really good, mm. and it's it's a it's a sentiment that's across a lot of different people that have put these clubs in their hands and the putters as well. The putters have been just a hit. Um, I, I am a personal user of the Ramon and man, you know, we're not, we're not always on the golf course, but it's, it's definitely helps with those miss hits. Cause uh, that sweet spot is, is nice to have because it's, it's larger than any other manufacturer and, uh, and, and any other golf company. And, and uh, I do miss from time to time, but my, my, Best putting round was out at Rams Hill, and I had 27 putts, and it was my lowest round ever. And I had a 74 out at Rams Hill, and it was just, it attributed to a lot from that. Thanks putter. to the Ramon, it was just dialed. Yes, to the Ramon. <laughs> That's awesome. Could uh, could Indy have been successful like pre-internet? Is internet key to to being successful for the company, or does it not really play in as much? Well, I'm a bit of a dinosaur in the golf industry, so I still have those connections into some of the retailers and things like that. So I think we could have been successful too, but I think um, like any new brand uh, being on the internet, and if you have a guy like as talented as David uh, with uh, digital marketing and stuff, it really does uh, bring it to people's attention quicker um, and you know pushes the, the product along. Um, so um, so I, I, it definitely helps. Well, and maybe that's a play into kind of one of the last questions I have here, David. Like, what is like, what's the best way to get folks um, uh, educated about India, or, like get people to try it or test it out, or how do you, how do you introduce it to people? Yeah, well, we we you know serve it on the the usual suspects and usual usual platforms, which is you know Instagram and and Facebook and Twitter and all all those all those platforms that have eyeballs on your brand. Um, but we, we do, we do a lot of email marketing and, and that, that draws people into us to, to keep interested in our brand behind the scenes that, you know, people don't always see emails obviously, mm -hmm. but, um, that keeps us at the top of mind and we have a, you know, game improvement guarantee. And, and if you don't like our club, send them back. And so it's a, it's a great way to get into, into, our brand and try it. And if you don't like it, send it back. We'll take it back. And Rob, Rob is pretty good about talking to everybody and talking, talking through why they're going to return it if, if they do. Um, and I think that's, that's a, a good way to, to get people to try the brand and, and, uh, and, and have that guarantee backing it up. Yeah. For me, you know, knowing nothing here, but it definitely feels like a, a ripe time for people to, to try indie because for me, it feels like everybody wants their own little individual curated experience. So maybe folks are more interesting and willing to, to try things that maybe aren't the standard OEM. I think it's really cool. I, I think I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's interesting. It's interesting that that you know we sell a lot more non-conforming wedges mm. than we do our conforming wedges, and that's that that's just really goes to show you that a lot of people are out there having fun. It just it doesn't doesn't matter if you uh, you know uh, you want to hit a spinner, right? So I've got I have friends that play and that they don't they don't care. They're like, oh, I'll take the non-conforming wedge. I'd love to get some extra spin on it, and they just have a good time with it. And people are like, oh my gosh, how did you spin that so, so well? And it, it's just like, well, I got my indie wedge and huh. that, so just touching base on that. It's, it's, it's really interesting looking at the data behind it and our sales and the trends that are happening with the non-conforming space. That's really interesting. You know, for my own, you know, ignorant looking at the website, I was like, oh, they must've figured out how to make it conforming. And they're just trying to get rid of these non-conforming ones here and move to the conformies. That's clearly not. Factual. Yeah, that's, just, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, we are running out of the, you know, that's probably what you're seeing. We're running out of our inventory. Um, as like David alluded to, we're going to be moving to another new design uh, next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, again, like we said, we want people to enjoy themselves when they're on the golf course. And we always talk about there's, there's lots in golf that people really enjoy. You know, the one is the long tee shot down the middle. You know, that gives everybody a lot of pleasure, um, you know, making a making a long putt, you know, and so that's where uh, or making a putt that maybe makes you a couple of bucks or, or wins you, a, you know, a drink or something. Um, and that's where our putters really come into play. And then and then around the greens, you know, uh, being able to spin the ball. I mean, it's funny. I'll see guys who, you know, they'll hit, hit the ball on the green and it spins back 30 feet and it's nowhere near the hole, but they're really excited. <laughs> So, you know, so it, it's just about going out there and having fun and, you know, and we introduced the non-conforming first, um, you know, we figured out how to make that work without destroying someone's golf ball and, you know, which a lot of non-conforming wedges in the past did. And then we use that technology to create a, a conforming version that does outspin and outperform, you know, our competitors. So, um, you know, and, and we don't make a lot of, you know, if you look at our products, uh, our wedges, they've been around for a while and we don't change things. You know, we're, we're not um, like the big companies out there that have this uh, need to bring out something new every few months, you know, to keep everyone's interest and, and, and you know, just making at the end of the day, sometimes it's just them making cosmetic changes and, and you know, uh, packaging the marketing a little different. So, we want to bring something out. Whenever we bring something out, it's it's something that we feel um, is, you know, will perform different and will will uh, you know deliver on the on the marketing promises we make. Well, for the total layman, the non-conforming is that just referring to like the USJ and like groove specifications for yep. competitive play? Is that exactly? What that is? Yeah, it just doesn't conform. Technically, the term we're supposed to use it does not conform to the rules of golf. Right. Uh, but for us, <laughs> yeah. you know, the other thing we did is our wedges, they're they're exactly the same. The only as far as the design goes, the only thing that's different is the grooves. So the grooves and the mm. non-conforming are non-conforming and then and the grooves and the conforming, um, you know, they meet all the specifications that are to play within the rules of golf. So, um, you know, and, and that's the thing. The majority of people, you know, they don't play in tournaments, you know, the majority of golfing people don't play in these serious USGA tournaments. So why not have something in your bag that you can spin and have a little fun with? Yeah, I love the focus on fun, because it's kind of the same story that I tell about 
um, Rams Hill, you know, my place of employment. Um, I'm selling golf all the time. And my, my favorite thing about Rams Hill is like, you know, you can, you can totally miss hit a wedge shot, but the, where the, the way that the contours around the, the putting green are, you know, it might trickle down the hill and roll right next to the hole. And, you know, you didn't hit a garbage golf shot, but it's right next to the hole. And that's really fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know who doesn't want to have more fun when they're playing golf. Yeah. I mean, I golf really- is a hard game, you know, and it's something, um, you know, to get good at, you have to put a lot of time into. And, and if we can lower that, uh, you know, barrier to entry, so to speak, as far as, um, just making it a much more approachable as far as, you know, hey, I can go out there with my indie wedge and I'm not going to be, you know, chipping it across the green nonstop and getting super frustrated. I know it's going to stay on the green, um, you know. So things like that this really makes a big mm-hmm. difference uh, in getting more and more people into the game. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. I've always felt that golf has enough barriers to, to entry. I mean, you know, but one of the things that, we have that maybe skiing or snowboarding doesn't is, you know, anybody can get out there and chip around at the local practice range or whatever. Right. And if it's easier to do, <laughs> makes it a little more enjoyable. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Dave, I guess I'll, I'll kick this to you and then you can, you can punt to Rob if you want, but I always kind of end the episode with a, a shameless request for some breaking news that I can use to, to promote our conversation. Do, do you have any breaking news that you want to, I know you alluded to something a little earlier. Hey, yeah, well, we're we're launching our new wedges next year, early next year, and you know, also the scratch stick is now available online, and um, I believe in that product. Uh, it's helped me tremendously with all the prototypes and all the renditions. Uh, it will help you lower your scores and and how make the game more enjoyable. Uh, we, I, you know, we can't use this officially, but you know, I call it the Swiss Swiss Army knife of game improvement. Um, so, so we, we're just we're just out here trying to help, you know, golfers have more fun and and enjoy the game more. Well, you're coming off of a career low not that long ago, so yeah, proof proof is in the pudding. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think my my game evolved with uh, the product. I was. It was it was bad at the start, and it's getting better as it goes along. And where can where can people best find out like what about you guys are doing? Just just not even with Indy, but even maybe with um, Southern California Design Company, or where where can they more importantly go buy and find and test out some wedges and putters? Yeah, so you can go to indiegolfclubs.com for our wedges and everything that uh, that Indy offers, and then for Scratchstick, it's thescratchstick.com. And then if you want to visit our, our main company, it's scdesignco.com. I'm playing golf this weekend. I'm on the tee box swinging. I have my phone up on airplane mode. I'm on the fairway lighting up a storm.